Uh, based on last Sunday's events, which other problems in the Apple ecosystem do you think we should have uh, Taylor Swift uh, fix for us next? Um, I personally would love if she fixed AirPlay. You ever notice that whoa, AirPlay whoa, whoa, whoa. just doesn't work? Whoa, hold on. Can, oh, I'm can, sorry. No, no. Can, oh. can we fist, uh, fast, uh, or have our listeners reference like four episodes ago when I complained about AirPlay and you said there's nothing wrong with it? So, sorry. I didn't mean to say airplay, and this, this is a good this is a good example of how we we don't edit these shows. It's just, it's it's live to tape, as you say. No, I, I didn't uh, I didn't mean to say airplay. I meant to say airdrop. I've tried on I think three separate occasions to understand what it is. Still not sure. So I perfectly understand what it is, and I until just maybe the last month have never tried to use it. But within the last month, I've tried to use it kind of for two things. One was to transfer some files related to the podcast from my Mac Mini to my MacBook Pro. And then more recently, um, I tried to transfer some photos between iPhones. And in both cases, the both the Mac Mini and my MacBook Pro, they'd be able to see each other in the AirDrop window. Same thing with the iPhones. They'd be able to see one another. It was an option to share, etc., and you, you know, you'd go to share the file, and then you would just get this little spinning circle, which just said waiting, which presumably, I guess, means that it's waiting for confirmation from the person who you're trying to send the files to, or you know, the, the computer that you're trying to send the files to. But in both cases, no confirmation or any sort of option to start the transfer would would come up. So I'm I'm really hoping that Taylor Swift can you know maybe solve for that in you know iOS nine and El Capitan. I'm sure she's, you know, I'm sure she's involved in, in both of those. Did you have Bluetooth on, on both devices? I did Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Yeah. Hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't even be able to see the other device if the correct wireless radios were not on. Yeah. Makes sense. So what about you? I mean, Air, AirDrop would be my choice, not AirPlay, AirDrop. So I think I'd, I'd already suggested on the internet that I think she needs to um, perhaps address the unnecessary yearly release cycle that OS X has found itself in. That's pretty good. So yeah, but I mean, I, and as somebody else suggested, we can't have Taylor Swift solve all of our problems for us. We have to take some control of our own lives. Sure, yeah. So I guess we should explain what the, what any, any of this means. By the time this comes out, people will, Apple Music will have launched and everybody will already know that. But I don't, um, I don't. I don't like how you you take these little veiled shots at how long it takes me to post these. I don't. I don't. I don't appreciate that. But they're not veiled shots. <laughs> that was pretty direct. <laughs> Just direct insults. Okay. Yeah. That's it's fair. Again, I, I show up an hour and a half a week, and you you, you put all the hard labor in. Yeah, that's true. I'm editing, editing out the swears and the ums and the ahs. Well, that's all right. I'm I'm uh, I'm collecting. You know, I got a seventy thirty split on all the cash. I'm like Apple. <laughs> In that way, seventy percent of zero dollars is zero dollars, sir. <laughs> um, so yeah, the last Sunday, uh, Taylor Swift uh, took to Tumblr to uh, write. Is that a... really is that really where it was? Oh, of course, because that's where the kids are at. Hmm. Um, and she did a, and I, I didn't see that many people making this inference or like connection, but it seemed like a very, very, you know, like remember in the old days of Steve Jobs where he would do like open letters and just post them on Apple's website whenever he wanted something to change? Yeah, I do. I remember he had that really famous one about why they didn't put uh, Flash in iOS. That was really good. Yeah. So I think one of the first ones was called Thoughts on Music, which was when he was trying to coerce all the um, uh, music labels into doing DRM-free music. 
And then, yeah, there was Thoughts on Flash, and then there was one other one. But it seemed very, very Thoughts on uh, Music-ish. And it was called uh, To Apple, Love Taylor, where she expressed her concern that during the uh, kind of ridiculously long three-month preview window that you get with Apple Music, that Apple had somehow struck licensing agreements where they were not going to pay any royalties whatsoever during that three-month trial, which in as you'd assume during that three-month period, hopefully, if it's successful, they would take a lot of the streaming market away from RDO and Spotify and the others, which means like money would just kind of like just vanish for a quarter of the year, which seemed really strange. And she made the point that she doesn't even care about it for herself because, I mean, she's an established artist, uh, artist on her fifth blockbuster, or whatever they call it in music, a highly successful album, but that this would be a much bigger deal to independent artists. And she said that's one of the key reasons why she was going to keep her uh, very popular album 1989 off of Apple Music for the time being. So, you know, one of the things I'm I'm not really clear about through this whole situation is, you know, I, I, I understand the frustration with Apple. I think it's I think it's kind of ridiculous. They came out with the position that they feel like they didn't need to pay for those three months. But even even putting that aside, I mean, aren't aren't the music labels equally at fault here? Because, I mean, they're the ones who ultimately agree to terms like that. So I I guess I'm, I'm not really clear on why it's just Apple where people are pointing the finger. It seems like there's kind of a, a shared responsibility there. I, I think Apple in its current size and rel- like relative dominance, I mean, it's a declining dominance in the music space. Perhaps they had more negotiating weight where they thought that's something they can just kind of like a jab they can stick at them because many people don't have the luxury of not participating in that type of thing. Because when Apple takes on a market, in most cases, not not all, um, becomes a dominant player fairly quickly just because of the install base they have. And that in a lot of ways, they actually do frequently make a better product. So I think that's that was just good negotiating depending on whose perspective you're talking about i mean even so if you're one of the big labels and you say no you know i i think it's i think it's completely wrong to forego payments for three months well i I think it's completely wrong that apple has a three-month preview window like what's his name who used to be the cto of pandora i think like tim conrad tom conrad he he made the point he made the point that most people are going to figure out whether they're going to stick around or you have a compelling product within like a day. 90 days is is just ridiculous. And I, so, I mean, I think, and, and through all this, it came out that like Spotify and RDO, they do, do they or do they not pay during that period where they have much more reasonable one month trials? I, I don't know offhand. I'm pretty sure that they do. But anyway, I, I like I, just the idea of a three month trial on an install on an app that's going to get basically forced onto everybody's iPhone with a new operating system release in a week is I don't know it just it just seems weird and it just seemed like a like Jason Snell on Upgrade one of our our favorite uh, sister podcasts um, made the point that it it just seemed unApple or not unApple like but just wrong and kind of weird and like petty for Apple to do and again Apple's not hurting for cash either so I just. I mean, particularly in the context, and we've talked about this on this show, even when talking about Apple Music, where, you know, it, it does seem like, at least in their, you know, public presentations, that Apple as a company does have a genuine 
appreciation for music and they really do want to kind of partner with the industry. I mean, that, that really does, that is the public perception they convey. And, and that's what, and that's what Taylor brought up in her article. Right. And so it, it just, it just seems very, very opposite of that to try to come out with a position like this. I, I just, I'm amazed. I, I think we've, at least I've mentioned this a few times on the show too. I'm just, I'm consistently just baffled by the fact that there are these large companies with presumably when large decisions are made, you know, dozens, if not more people are involved in these types of decisions. Like, how is it that something like this comes through Apple and nobody raises their hand and goes, hey, guys, you know, we've got like $200 billion of cash. Like, why don't we just avoid any sort of negative PR and kind of just do the right thing and just pay artists during these three months? Like, I just, that just, it's, I don't know. It's very, um, it's just, it's very confusing to me. I agree, but also in that point, how does a company amass $200 billion in cash reserves that are mostly stored offshore in the first place by being shrewd business people that try to eke out every penny wherever they can? So again, I think definitely they should be paying, but that's I think that's the counter argument to that. That's fair. No, that, that is, that's, that's fair. And I, you know, I, I guess where my frustration is actually isn't, isn't that position where it's like, well, Apple's got a lot of money, so they should just pay. I mean, I think that is part of it. But um, I I think the bigger part is the previous point I made about how, on one hand, Apple's trying to say, hey, we really do care about the music industry. But then on the other, they're saying, yeah, but we're not going to pay you for three months. That to me, that just, you know, that just seems, it just seems boneheaded. I think I, I texted you sometime this week, or maybe I put it in the Slack where this whole thing just feels very like Uber esque, where it's <laughs> show title maybe, um, where you know you know what I mean, right? Where it's it's like it's it's a company. It's very that, Joe Biden ish. <laughs> well, yeah, that too maybe. Um, it just it just feels like you just kind of you could kind of stop and just kind of shake your head and go, what, like, what are you guys thinking? Like, just do the right thing, pay the money. You know, it just just it just. Well, um, but again, but where does that end? Why doesn't Apple bring all their offshore cash onshore since they're a primarily American company? Like, again, there's a lot of stuff like that's like that. But I think for this one, for a company that seems to be so into the idea that they are creative types and, and love music and they're, they, they're designing this application service because they feel that nothing else is, is kind of connecting all the dots with the music experience, I think that's where this just strikes as just a really weird place to get super um stingy with money and to basically tell the music industry to not get paid for the work for a quarter of the year but again like so and that uh, to transition this a little bit um i think there was a cup uh, probably if were we doing this publicly in november probably right um of 2014 yeah i think so yeah, yeah we, we yeah we were there was a really good article in business week uh that was called uh, it was a cover story called taylor swift is the music industry that I think we talked about, and I think people should still read if they haven't. Um, and I think that's more true than ever. Like, do, can you think of many other artists that can cause the world's largest company to like fold in less than twenty four hours just by posting something to Tumblr? No, like I don't think no. Adele can do this. No, it's just insane. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I actually do. Um, I, I do respect you know, kind of the position that she's taking in a lot of ways. You know, I think she's she's bringing awareness to an issue that 
I think it's a, it's a really good point of conversation. Um, and yeah, I mean, good honor. I mean, it, it's good that it's not only, you know, she's not only getting out there and just kind of speaking her mind, but I mean, she's actually making things happen. And I mean, wasn't it that um, people have said that, you know, Eddie Q, when they announced this reversal on Sunday, that he actually like called a handful of artists, including her, right? I think that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, um, yeah, I mean, that good, good for her. I mean, that's, it's, um, it's, it's good to not only be in a position of power like she is, but also really, you know, take advantage of that and really do, you know, go out and, and genuinely make a difference. Yeah. If you had to take a guess, how many, ta- uh, Twitter followers do you think Taylor Swift has? Um, I honestly don't know, so I, I can take a guess here. I I would say um, maybe three million. <laughs> All right. Uh, aim higher. Really? <laughs> I actually I actually don't know on Twitter like what a lot of followers is. I, I actually don't know like fifty nine million four hundred thousand. Oh wow. Yeah, I I I, I didn't mean to you know undersell her there but i just yeah i i didn't i didn't really know what a having a lot of followers meant yeah apparently it's that hmm uh what's uh never mind i was gonna look up drake but no i don't want that in my search history so because <laughs> you know how twitter is uh, getting super aggressive with the like suggestion algorithms i don't want them knowing i looked up drake so is google i find that i can't get through more than like two words of a google search and you know, it's already suggested something very close to what I was going to type in. But that's the problem. That's why you have to be really aggressive with uh, Shift-Command-N whenever you're looking something uh, off-topic. Otherwise, you, you worry about, like, uh, sullying your browser history. What is what is Shift-Command-N? What does that do? Just do it in Chrome. Shift-Command-N. Oh, in- incognito window? Yeah. Got it. So if you're ever looking up something that's just not really, again, n- nothing weird. But <laughs> don't yeah don't make don't make it weird. No, but like some it's like I once had to look up something like a couple of weeks ago about the Stanley Cup, but but I hate hockey and I really don't want it to like mess up, <laughs> like stuff like where you're like I, I don't I don't I want to kind of know this, but I don't want this attached to me. Do you? I'm sorry. What? Why do you hate hockey? Because it's let's no let's again let's not go into this. let's let's let's, let's not, come I'm, back I'm, let's come back to that. I'm not trying to make enemies, but it's not a sport. Oh jeez! It, it's 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 my it's it's mild boxing punctuated by a really small ball or puck on a, on a just no. <laughs> I don't understand the fighting. Uh, I I don't I don't entirely disagree with that part of it because I don't like the whole oh let's let's have like referees or people on the floor who just like let it go on for ten seconds and I'm like oh okay all right let let's stop now. Yeah, I I don't. I don't disagree with that part of it, although they have done a lot to uh, reduce that the last few years. I think they have to do a lot to broaden its appeal. It's a pretty popular sport. Like, I'd much rather watch soccer, and soccer is like watching paint dry. Yeah, see, I, I don't agree with that at all. Like hockey hockey to <laughs> Wait, me is oh, much, that, that... much more exciting than soccer. Can both end in a tie? Um, or does hockey have to have a winner? I think hockey can end in ties. They, they both... Well, no, no. Hockey actually doesn't end in ties anymore because hockey has uh, shootouts now. For the for the last few seasons, they've they've eliminated the tie. Oh, so I like how they're fundamentally changing the sport to make to make it well. Stink less. I mean, good good on them. I I don't I don't like sports that end in ties. It, it's the number one thing 
by far and away that I dislike about soccer, that you can play a sport for, you know, 90 plus minutes and basically end with the same result you started with. That doesn't make any sense to me. Do you know what doesn't end in ties? What's that? Uh, baseball games where Buster Posey hits a grand slam. I know. It is, that's his second this year, right? Second in like five games. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, his, I, I, was, it, I was at dinner when this happened tonight, and um, I, had, I had thought that. I was like, oh, yeah, like it seems like this just happened fairly recently. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, it had. He's great. He, he's, he's the best. Yep. I wonder, does he, is he sad that he doesn't get a buster hug of his own? Like, he can't hug himself. Mm. But, but no, like, when, when he does something awesome... He just gets a bunch of high fives while he returns to the dugout, but he doesn't get anything, anything as satisfying as a buster hug. I, I feel like he's the type of guy who's just happy to give them. He doesn't need anything in return. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is, though. You know what I mean. He gives great Christmas gifts, and then he's he's always getting the Barnes and Noble gift card. That's messed up. <laughs> are they are they still around? Is that still a thing? Of course they are. Barnes and Noble. It's just like Best Buy is always going to be a thing. It borders is the one that's not a thing. Yeah, I think there always has to be one of those. Mm, so Best Buy is the one. Yeah. Hmm. Like I think it's gonna be a suit. Like it's probably gonna be at least twenty years before Best Buy goes away. There has to be one general purpose electronics thing because Costco and Target can't do it all, and the internet is not for everybody. You you know what is actually a really good experience is when you do when you shop on BestBuy.com and you do the in store pickup. Because usually you can pick an item up within an hour or so of ordering it online. And when you go into the store, everything's already been paid for. You know, they, they don't they don't try to sell you any of the like warranties or anything. You just you walk in, you show them your ID and credit card and you're out within, you know, two, three minutes. Pretty good. Yeah, it, it, it's it's good. I went in and didn't do that. And I bought a Bluetooth keyboard and got offered a, a, a product replacement plan on it. And I was like, oh, no. You know how many? Do you do you know how many Dynex cables I have? <laughs> Please. I you know I um the uh when I left there after high school, I bought quite a few cables you know to stock up. I had two big bins full of them. Between that and then you know just accumulating them over the years since that, and I I just got rid of those um, maybe a couple of months ago, because I mean it was literally just bins full of. Like I had a bunch of composite cables, a bunch of component, <laughs> a bunch of component cables, a bunch of optical audio cables. Optical audio is not a thing anymore, right? Or it, not really? I think, I think it kind of is, but yeah, not really. I mean, the Apple TV like still has it, and but that know. that would just link directly into like a weird receiver, right? But don't most receivers now just kind of filter out the audio of HDMI anyway, and that becomes the switcher? Right. Um, I think I think my receiver still has. I actually don't know if it has optical or not. I mean, everything I have now is just HDMI. But um, but yeah, so that those those bins were just full of. I think like there were some FireWire cables in there. Wait, did you get um, rid of FireWire? Yeah, I don't I don't use FireWire for anything. Because my my Drobo's networked. Um, you got to keep at least one. Oh, I don't. I don't have any FireWire devices. 
like if you had, let's say the the Ethernet port on your Drobo died, doesn't it have FireWire eight hundred to get your data out of it? N- no, the 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 five N literally has a place to plug in the power and an Ethernet port. <laughs> okay. That is it. Well, all right, I, I keep one cable of everything, like not like a like a parallel printer cable or anything like that, but like I, I've got every apple adapter ever made just in the off chance i ever need it but no I, I finally i think like through the last move i made i i got rid of most of that weird um analog video stuff i like i like that the parallel printer cable is where you draw the line no no i was just i was trying to think of what's the most ridiculous cable you might like a nerd might still keep and 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 that would be it i think um i think having um like some serial cables would be pretty good like serial ATA cables. I think I still have a couple of those. That's the thing. That no, you... no, I'm not. I'm not thinking of no, no, Wait, no. no, that, no. That's not... the, those are still widely in use. That no, no, you're right. Yeah, se- second time I'm, I'm bringing up the wrong technology name. No, um, like the the old ribbon cables. You know what I'm talking about before SATA. Oh, the uh, parallel ATA ones. Parallel. Thank you. There we go. Rookie, got a hand hand in your badge. Yeah, I know. I know. You know when I first um when I first started uh at Best Buy like parallel cables were still fairly prominently used. I mean SATA hard drives were out there but well they were still very frequently used for optical drives, right? Like those those lagged in serial ATA for a while. It, well, they were available but I th- I think you had to pay a, a pretty sizable premium. Yeah, if you wanted a, you know, a SATA optical drive because like the throughput advantages weren't there. You know what's crazy is I I have I have four computers in this house right now. I've got my Mac Mini, my desktop, work laptop, and MacBook Pro, and none of none of those have optical drives. Good. That's I don't know. That's it's kind of amazing that in a fairly short period of time, optical drives just you know. I mean, think about when that first MacBook Air came out, and everybody was just you know outraged that there was no optical drive. Were they really? Oh, absolutely. I mean, pe- people like you and I weren't, but if the the general con- the general sentiment was, what is Apple doing? You know, how are people going to install applications? This is crazy. How are they going to watch their movies? Oh yeah, you, you should go. You should you should look for articles back then. I mean, it was it was a big thing. It's been wide. Like I mean, it's widely acknowledged that optical storage is does not great. Like stuff you burn yourself, like the discs wear out. And there's there's so many downsides to it. I don't think that's uh, the fact that optical media fell away is not a surprise to me at all. Like I'm surprised Blu-ray is still a thing. You know, it, it's 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 not really. Like, do you do you know anyone who buys Blu-rays? Then how are people watching movies? That's the part I don't get. Because networks aren't really fast enough, and don't some people want permanent media? Like, because I can't believe everybody's doing everything through iTunes rentals or waiting for it to come on Netflix, and I don't think piracy is as rampant with that as. Like, how are people watching movies? Oh, and we have to get back to that for a different reason, but... Hmm. I mean, I guess I don't I don't know what the answer to that is, but I, I honestly can't think of a single friend or family member who regularly buys Blu-rays. I mean, I mean, occasionally, sure, but, like, as a regular, like, oh, you know, every week or two, this new movie's coming out, so I'm going to buy it on disc. I, I, don't, I don't know anybody who does that anymore. Yeah, but you're also a, a dirty millennial. So, <laughs> you know what? Actually, I think I think the answer might be, 
think a lot of people just wait for it to come on Netflix streaming. I think a lot of people are kind of content with not necessarily seeing a movie like right when it comes out from, you know, the theaters and it becomes available in the home. I I think a lot of people are content waiting, you know, I don't know, a year to three years, whatever the range is for most movies to come out on Netflix and just watch it then. But you don't think the impermanence of that bothers people? Because the thing is, when, when something's on Netflix, it's not there forever. Like, most of those are limited rights runs. Like, it's, it's there for three months, and then it's gone for, like, a year. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that bothers people. I, um, I know for me, there are, there are very few movies that, like, I feel like I, I just want to always have regular access to. And I think most people are that way. I, I, I think, you know people can kind of take it or leave it whether they always want to have access to a particular film. Hmm. So if it gets dropped off of Netflix one day, you know, eh, it's kind of a bummer, but it's not, not that big of a deal. Gotcha. So you don't think it's gonna be a big, like, so you own the West wing on Blu-ray or DVD, don't you? You know, I don't. So what's going to happen when they lose their streaming rights with uh, NBC universal? Or Comcast, whichever the whatever the parent company is now. I don't know. I mean, I, I I've been through the first time I went through that series was on disc. But isn't that a show you love enough where you'd kind of want that? Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean, it, I guess like if years from now I had the urge to watch it through a third time, and it wasn't available on Netflix, I I would break down and just buy the you know the Blu-ray set or whatever that equivalent is. Um. Although I mean, Blu-ray's got to be the last disc, major disc format, right? Like, there's not gonna, there's not gonna be a like 4K standard disc format, right? I think there probably will, just because I don't think, because one for game consoles, as those get bigger, because I don't think digital distribution is gonna be there yet, just because broadband across the United States isn't there yet. Yeah, maybe that's fair. Yeah. What's this, what's that going to be called? What do you mean? The successor to Blu-ray. Blue. By the way, Blu-ray is such a terrible name. <laughs> it's gonna be called uh, uh, UHD DVD. Like, <laughs> so like, do you like remember, HD you DVD know, was? I, I, I who cares about format wars? But it was it does what it says on the tin. Like it was right on. It's high definition DVD, but. So it's it has the same problem that Blu-ray does where so you know when we had VHS the the common phrase common phrase was oh you know I'll wait for it to come out on video. And then when it's always we, video. It's, no, it's but, moving but, pictures. But but when uh DVD became the standard it, you know it would be oh I'll wait for it to come out on DVD. Mm-hmm. But now, if you go to, well, I'll wait for it to come out on Blu-ray. That just doesn't, it, nobody well, says but, that. But I think with DVD, it or with uh, HC DVD, it's the same thing, because it's still a DVD. It's just, oh, there's the one that's good now. Like, because the whole point, like, do, do DVDs actually still exist? Like, do they still uh, sell standard def of 2015 movie releases? I certainly hope not. That's a good question. I bet they do. Because well, because I, I know for a while they were doing like these movie triple pack things where like you got Blu-ray, you got DVD, and you got like some digital download voucher thing for some like probably some crappy online service. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking on Amazon 
every every major film which has come out this year is available on DVD. <sighs> yeah, so that that is absolutely still a thing. And in most cases, they are exactly the same price to the penny as uh, the Blu-ray counterpart. Hmm. Yeah, very strange. All right. Can we pivot this conversation just a little bit? Please. So earlier today, um, I watched Inside Out, which is a, a very, very good. Oh, how, how was that? Very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to I see that a lot. Re- really, really enjoyed it. Return, return to form uh, for Pixar after the commercial thing that Cars was. Anyway, um, uh, somebody eventually has got to figure out how to make like same day release to home a possibility because movie theaters are just the worst. Like that, that's got to get better. Like, what, what's the most you would reasonably pay to watch a, like a same day release? Because like this has to scale to the point where they can charge like a household fifteen dollars and just get like it streamed to your Apple television rather than having to drive to a multiplex and sit against people who still talk on their phone and just ruin the experience for you. I mean, maybe maybe this is one of those you know San Francisco bubble things, but. Um, there's a, a theater in town here called the Kabuki. I don't know if you've ever been, mm-hmm. but um, you know, you pay. I think I think it's like two dollars more than what like an AMC costs. It's it's really not a lot more. It's two or three dollars, and um, the seats are much much nicer. They're like leather seats. But you're not addressing um, the key problem, which is people. I I mean I haven't. The theaters are most of them are a little bit smaller, so I guess like I I haven't. I guess maybe that just makes the odds of sitting with someone who's kind of a jerk less, but I have, I've never really had a problem with that there. Because I mean, I enjoy the movie theater experience. Like if it was just, if it was just me or if like, it was just like, if, if there's an application process to get into a movie, like you had to have good credentials and references that you're not going to talk or, or be a terrible person. <laughs> you have to have a certain credit score to get into the film. Oh, done. If there was a way where you don't like by in below 800 or something, that that would fix everybody's problem, but just uh, stuff like that, like that's the thing where I think that's got to happen eventually. Like Disney, like they they know how to make money off everything. I'm sure they can find a way to make that work. Be- because like just the viability of movie theaters doesn't it doesn't make sense. Well, but here's here's the problem, right? So you look at Jurassic World, which I think just yesterday crossed the billion dollar mark worldwide. It, it, there's too much money there to but it's all in asia like most of those ticket sales come is that domestic or international box office M- more and more is coming internationally but it, quite frankly it doesn't matter i mean there, there's still enough domestically too i think i think that jurassic world in particular is at it's at you know three or four hundred million something domestically so it, it, it's too much it's too much money to um it, it's it's very similar to like the you know the whole local broadcaster thing we've been talking about a few shows back with uh, you know regional sports networks. There's there's just too much money involved to move towards a more kind of like consumer friendly option. But it's not though because if you give consumers what they want, the money will just flow differently. Like it right now, Major League Baseball and the San Francisco Giants and NBC Bay Area, who, whoever has their hands in the pie right now. They're not getting my money because they don't give me an option to give them my money. Like the money would reallocate itself. Yeah, that I don't know. Would it? Yes, it would. Give Maybe. people convenience. Like the whole thing. Like remember back in the old days when people thought like the music industry was doomed, 
and even the iTunes store wasn't going to save it just because piracy was so much easier. Then things like Spotify and other things came in to kind of fill the space where consumers were given a more convenient option. And I know the pricing isn't exactly what it needs to be yet, but that can be fixed. You just have to give people a viable option that meets their convenience requirements, and they'll pay. Hmm. Well, so I guess to answer your question, I, I guess I would probably pay... Oh, yeah, five minutes, five minutes ago. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I think about, so, you know, for, for me and, and someone to go to a movie would, you know, I'll, we'll say like $15 a person or so in San Francisco. Um, it can be a little more, a little less, depending on the time of day and the movie you're going to, or the theater you're going to, rather. Um, so I, I would say I'd probably pay, I'd probably pay up to like 50 bucks. Wow. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, thir- 30 bucks and then, you know, a, a decent premium on top of that for the convenience of seeing it at home. I, I'd, I'd say I'd pay that. <laughs> okay. Uh, too, too rich for my blood, but okay. No, and I, yeah, no, I, but that, that's that's exactly the point. Well, no, I why think... why would you pay double the cost of your your DVD slash Blu-ray combo pack or whatever? More than double because you're seeing the movie, you know, months ahead of time. Not, and, not and, months and keep, ahead keep of time. In mind, well, keep but keep in mind, I would not do this very often. Just like I don't go out and see very many. I, I see maybe, I see maybe half a dozen movies in theaters a year now sometimes maybe less than that so I, I, this would be exactly the same thing where I, I would shell out that extra you know 20 bucks um maybe a couple times a year it, it's, it's not like this is something i'd be doing regularly maybe that's what connect is for <laughs> what, what do you mean no that you have a camera in your living room that verifies the number of people who are enjoying the film that way if i want to watch a movie with like, just myself or another person i don't have to pay the same rate as somebody who has six people over to watch the movie. Huh. I'm I'm saying that half only half jokingly. Like maybe that is the future. Maybe. By the way, let's let's not give them ideas. Oh, <laughs> Can you please edit that out? Sure. Yeah, we'll cut all this out. Yeah, you don't know what Sony will do. Yeah, I've been using Jurassic World as the example. It, it, maybe it's not for you, but um, it is not. Very good movie. <laughs> I I'll, I'll I have, I have not. I have not had that much fun at a movie in a in a really long time. Are you are you a fan of the original? Never seen it. Oh my god. Never seen a single I, Star Wars movie in its entirety. Never seen a Jurassic Park. So Ugh. life is life is grand. Like knowing me, it does not seem like my kind of film. Hmm. Okay. That's fine. All right. So it's been a while since we talked about technology. What, what else? Is there? <laughs> um, with, with technology, um, or or anything. What, what's the normal stuff we talk about? Sorry, I got a sidetracked on movies. Well, I so I um, can you will you allow like another not directly related technology topic? Although I guess there's like a tech angle to it. No, you can do whatever you want. Um, so we we talked a lot about um, Sync Three on the show. And sort of how that ties into me uh, getting a new car as my lease is about to come up here. And I, I've, I've been pretty consistent, I think, on the show about how you know I, I really want Sync 3. And I, yeah, I'm i kind of basing my purchasing decision around that. And um, in the last week or two, I've, I've started to rethink that. Sure, go ahead. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I've actually going into this whole like car buying process my preference has actually always kind of been the Ford Edge 
instead of the Ford Escape. I just I like the way that it looks. I like the fact that it's a little bit bigger. I guess I kind of like everything else about it outside of you know sync. Looks like a nice car. It looks is so it's a little bit bigger and less boxy. A little bit bigger, less boxy. Um, I I'd, I'd kind of given up on it because I thought I thought it was um too big for my garage but i i don't know if it's just the 2015 model they slimmed down a little bit or what but i i, I looked up the width again and it, it does just fit does the explorer still exist it does yeah the explorer is really nice the explorer where, where does, actually where does would it fit be... into this because these all look like they're the same size no so it goes escape edge explorer does is the expedition still a thing it is yeah um yeah actually um i was just looking at that recently and uh yeah, it is still a thing. So there's basically four of the same car, for the most part. No, they're pretty different. I mean, like body shape, the the difference between the Escape and Edge is pretty dramatic. I think the Explorer and the Edge look a lot similar, but you know, like the Explorer has room for seven, whereas the Edge is just five, um, which is you know it's a pretty big difference for some. And then the Expedition, I mean that that thing is huge. So now there, there's there's enough difference between the different models, um, but like I said, anyway. So that the edge actually does you know kind of fit in the in the garage that I have, and so after kind of finding that out a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I've I've kind of rethought the whole premise of basing my car buying decision around just being able to get Sync three. And you you know you we've we've had some back and forth this offline, and you you kind of made the same point where it actually doesn't seem particularly smart to really kind of base your entire decision around that. Yeah, I do. I, I would definitely agree. I, with, with, with yourself? <laughs> no, I, or I would like to reiterate my own point. And you're coming around to my own point, which is just, I mean, you have to get the car that you actually want because the whole point of in-car infotainment stuff is, I guess, for the most part, or for most sensible drivers, is for it to kind of be invisible. And, I mean, even if it's a little bit better, you you, you want to stay focused on the road and enjoy what you drive. And, I don't know, just slightly better of something that's probably going to be pretty mediocre no matter what, it just, I, I would get what you actually like. Yeah, and I, I think the, the first part of that's really the key point where you're not really interacting with that stuff a lot. I mean, I mean, because if you're stopped or if like the car is like in park or something, you're probably just using your phone directly because that's a billion times easier. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, all I really want to be able to do is just plug in my phone via USB and play my podcast or music. And I, I don't really need, I don't really need anything. I mean, your current car super kind fancy of to that. do that. Well, kind of. And my, my understanding is that even the kind of crummy version of, of sync that would come with the edge supports that much better than my version of sync just because of the interface mostly. So, you know, um, yeah, I guess I, I've kind of re, I guess I've kind of rethought my whole position on again, kind of solely basing my decision on, on sync. It seems like it would be a much smarter decision to get a car that, I actually genuinely like for all of the other reasons that are probably more important when buying a car. Well, good. So I'm gonna. I'm probably this weekend gonna go check out the Edge, and we'll we'll see what happens. And in the Edge, is Gray still a front runner? 
I think so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, they do. They do have an orange color, which I'm sure that you would push for. But what shade is it? Um, it's kind of like a kind of like a blood orange. Hmm. Let's see what what are they um what do they call it here? If we go to the getting to know Ford's website very well now. Um they call it bronze. And it's kind of like a um Yeah, kind of like a blood orange. That's 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 the best way I could describe it. It actually it looks nice on their website, but I actually saw one recently in person and I, I didn't I didn't particularly care for it. Hmm. Yeah, oranges are tricky. I had to talk myself out of that too. And it's just yeah, it's it's just tough to to pull off. Yeah. There is a there's another color available on the edge which is not available on the escape which is called guard. It's kind of like this um kind of another gr- shade of gray but it almost has like a uh kind of a tint of green to it which I kind of like. Hmm. But um but yeah, we'll see. Cool. But, but it's, it's a very it's a very nice looking car, which um, I'm kind of realizing that maybe that's more important than sync. Like maybe getting a car that I'm not because I've, I've never really been in love with the current version of the Escape. I think it looks okay, but I've never really thought it looked great. I think I've told I think I'm I'm sure I've told you that before. Sure. Um, and just it seems like getting a car that you're not really crazy about the look of it that that doesn't that doesn't seem like a very good idea. Yeah, gotta love what you drive. Right. All right. What else we got? Um, well, kind of a kind of a slow week, as we say. Um, I thought <laughs> I thought that I I linked to this article, this life hacker article about determining whether or not. You're eligible for a free upgraded Windows 10 was pretty good. It's a very convoluted process. I don't get what the whole hubbub is about this. Because this does this matter to, matter to regular people? I think so. Like it sounds like it's a bunch of weird nerds trying to half scam Microsoft out of a a, a a license by like fake beta testing it. Because people who own Windows uh, Windows 8 or like a is it even a Windows 7 computer? So yeah, so set if you have Windows seven, eight, or eight point one, you are eligible for a free upgrade. So I think that just solves it. Again, this is just a bunch of fussy nerds. Like I, when that article came out that said like if you if you're a Windows insider, you get free Windows ten. I was like, oh, this is gonna be a mess. And I and I, I don't know if that's Microsoft's fault or if that's the, the everybody who wrote about it and just kind of sucked people into this whole like Windows doesn't cost anything anymore. I it's it's kind of a mess though. This whole the whole Windows 10 thing with like the different versions and Well, what different versions are there? It's not like a Windows Vista where there's Home, Home Basic, Home, Home Premium. No, business. I think I think there I think there is. Oh, please no. Yeah. Windows 10 versions. Yeah, there's Windows 10 Pro I see here on Newegg. Windows 10, well, here we go. Windows 10 will have seven editions. So there's Windows 10 Home, Windows 10 Mobile. Well, that, doesn't, 10, that doesn't that doesn't count. Re- that doesn't really count. I'll grant you that. Windows 10 Pro, okay. Windows 10 Enterprise doesn't count. No, nah, I think that counts. No, because um, Enterprise is just a licensing agreement. Oh my goodness! I have to I have to <laughs> I have to wait seven more seconds for this ad to go away. Oh, God. This is terrible. What okay, site is right. this? 
Is this Dig- windowstrends.com? No, it's not Windows Super Site. Um, Windows 10 Education. No, the, these don't count. W- Windows 10 Mobile Enterprise. These don't count, no. Windows 10 IoT Core. I, I don't... That's, I guess, something like... It's Internet of Things. Something that could run on like an, a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, that's... so there, there's two editions. Wait, there's, yeah, there's Pro and Regular. Okay. Okay, because the enterprise licensing, that doesn't count. Education, I mean, if, yeah. I, I think it's fine. I think Microsoft's learning, sort of. Slowly but surely, as you would say. Yeah. Their best product is still their keyboards and mice. Um, yeah, that's that's probably not entirely untrue. Yeah, they make they make great great input devices for other things. Would you buy if 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 Apple made a Surface or if you could somehow run OS ten on a Surface Pro three? Would would you that interest you at all? Assuming well, assuming that I was able to run OS ten at work, yes. Like if I if I could have Mac a Mac being my like primary machine, yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. Because as I've said that about even Surface, like I think if if I had the option at work to replace my current laptop with a like Surface Pro, I'm not I'm actually not sure I'd be able to do that because of the processing power I need. But um, assuming assuming it had that, like I I would be yeah I'd be pretty interested in having something like that. Yeah, I mean the Pro Three uh, runs pretty decently spec i sevens. The battery life goes goes down commensurately, but. Well, I mean, I'd have I'd have it plugged in when I was doing, you know, that kind of stuff. But sure, yeah. I mean, I think that would be a really compelling product, and I think that's kind of what those whole iPad Pro rumors sort of get at, but probably won't ever really address. Well, I guess we should talk about that. Do you think the this like mythical iPad Pro that's supposed to come out at the end of the year? Do you think it's going to have a an Apple sponsored stylus? <sighs> You know, so that they talked a lot about that on on upgrade, um, and I was thinking about it. I I'm really fifty fifty on it. Um, it yeah, I, I'm. I, I don't know. I, I think um, I think what I what I was quick to think of, and I think what a lot of people would be quick to think of, at least you know, kind of in like the tech nerd circle, is like you know, there's obviously the very famous Steve Jobs quote of you know, if you see a stylus, they blew it, right? But I, I, I was thinking about that more after this episode of Upgrade, and I I think that was in reference to the iPhone, right? Not the iPad. Well, I mean, and I don't think anybody disagrees. I don't think Apple, like, disagrees with people who use, uh, like, Wacom tablets, uh, like, aside their Macs. I think it's that if you have to use a stylus to navigate around a device with a three-inch screen, that that's, quote-unquote, blowing it. But I don't think enabling a stylus as a means to do better creative work with like a larger tablet falls into that. I think they mean if that's your primary input method. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I do really keep going kind of back and forth. I, I really don't know. Um, I really don't know if they would, I, I, I could totally see them coming out with one and kind of even like, making kind of a joking reference to how, you know, they've sort of evolved their thinking on, on, um, style. I, is, is that, is that the right plural? 
It is, but I always say styluses. It just stylized sound <laughs> makes you. Just, it makes, it makes you sound kind of like an ass. It's very punchable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm completely torn. I, it, if there is one, we'll start to hear about it though, because like I've said repeatedly on the show, everything gets leaked now. So. If they do, and I think they probably eventually will, or like Jason or somebody mentioned on Upgrade, that it might be like a, a hardware partnership with like uh, somebody who makes one already. No, I, I don't think they will. I completely disagree with that. You don't think they would ever like, have you seen like the paper stylus and like the, uh, some of those pressure sensitive Bluetooth ones? No, I, I, well, I know I, I have, but if Apple were to fully commit to the style as being part of the experience of an iPad Pro, they would 100% want to control that experience. But I think Apple doesn't want to make the stylus a central part of it. I think what they would say is, we understand that people, like, here's the marketing event. They'd be like, we understand that everybody wants to use, the iPad is so popular, and we've sold all these tens of millions of units, and we've heard from some of our most demanding creative customers that they want to be able to do more precise design work on their iPads. And we want to make that happen. And like, we have this new fancy digitizer, which pressure sensitivity and more accuracy. And we've partnered with some great hardware manufacturers to make that happen for you. Because I think Apple's whole thing is they don't want the primary navigation device or like implement to be a stylus. They still want it to be very touch friendly, but I don't think they'd be opposed to making it better for creative people or people who want to do like handwritten notes. And I'm not sure it's a big enough market that they would want to like shift the marketing material for. Cause I think there's a certain customer segment that a stylus would be off putting for. So I think it's really difficult and they have to toe that line. Well, and I think the way that they toe the line is that the stylus doesn't come with the iPad pro, but it, because it's it made is, by a third party is... hardware manufacturer. No, it's made by Apple and it's sold as an accessory in the store for $129 <laughs> at least. I had, I had to, sorry, to, to quick side topic. Since I was traveling, I had to go buy a second uh, Apple Watch charger. And I was just staring at the the wall of $50 sport bands. It probably cost four cents to make. Anyway. Actually, can, can we can we stay on that kind of similar topic there? Sure. So I've, I've been out of town um, kind of two of the last four weekends, I guess. And in, in both occasions, I have not plugged in my Apple Watch. I've gone. I've gone two full days. Yeah, since I have the thirty-eight, I don't know. I usually end the day with about forty percent remaining, so I'm not sure I have the luxury of doing that. Is is there really? There's really that big of a difference between the forty-two and thirty-eight? I'm not sure. I don't use my Apple Watch that much, but I'm usually pretty consistently forty to forty-five percent remaining, unless and that's without any workouts. I would say even even with a workout, I usually end at over fifty percent. Yeah, with a with a like hour long workout with the heart rate sensor going, I usually end up at like twenty five left over. Interesting. Yeah, there does seem to be a pretty big difference. But uh, but on these trips where you know I well I guess the the first trip I, I played golf and I used a third party app for that fairly frequently, and even that weekend what I did was I you know used the watch through that first day which included the golf, and then I, I put it into power reserve mode overnight which you know I wasn't using it. And then, you know, put, I actually don't even think I needed to do that, but I, you know, I, I did. And then I turned it off in the morning and I got home, I don't know, five or six o'clock, you know, Sunday evening. And I, I was, I was still at like 25, 30%. So, um, kind of nice. 
but I, but I do, I do kind of see what you're saying where if you, you go out like on a longer, um, vacation, either having to unplug your existing Apple watch charger and then bring it with you and then, you know, plug it back in when you got home, which, you know, presumably like with mine, you know, it's plugged in behind your bed and all that. Um, it's kind of a pain, but then going out and how much, how much is a, a second charger? Um, 40 bucks. If it's the one with the really long cable that it came with or $30 for the one that's a three foot cable, but it does come with, um, it's the one that comes with the stainless steel model, not the cheap one they gave you with the sport. What's the, what's the difference? Some shiny metal on the bottom. And does that actually come with like the, the charger itself or is that just the cable what do you mean like you know the actual little usb square thing you plug it into no no it's it's just uh just usb it's so it's just the cable that you're buying yeah jeez so that doesn't really help you you'd still have to like have something to plug it into so you'd still have to bring you either your iphone charger or you know well no you just bring one of those uh a photo uh power block thingies no okay i've already made that my pick of the week in the past right no can you can you send me a link uh hold on uh, it'll be in the slack Fotiv desktop charger multi-port oh nice yeah this is nice yeah so this on my on my desk i need to charge my android phone my ipad my iphone sometimes it just gives you multiple high-powered usb ports in something that looks fairly nice uh and eliminates kind of the whole, you have like 50 white blocks on your power um, power strip that all don't let you use the port above it. it. It doesn't really come with the ports labeled that way, does it? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that's just illustrative. <laughs> on the picture on Amazon. It's a it, Samsung it, tab. <laughs> yeah, each, so the, the, the five USB ports are labeled iPad, Samsung Tab, iPad, iPhone, and then I like how the last one is just Android. It it could honestly say just Google shit. <laughs> that, that's that, that Android. That's pretty good. I like that. There are other people that make them, but uh, but the photo of one looks very very nice. Yeah, no, I I I think I'll I'll pick up one of these. I like that. But it's great. It's great for traveling. Yeah, yeah. I, I for traveling too. I'm a really big fan of the um, kind of USB like battery packs. Those are tricky because you either like I don't know. I'm just very bad at remembering to charge it once I use it. Right. Because I don't use it frequently enough where it kind of stays top of mind. There's kind of a routine like when I'm when I'm going on a, a longer trip, kind of like you know the the night before, ideally like two nights before, I'll kind of like charge everything. So I, I kind of just, you know, make my USB battery pack part of that, you know, process. Hmm. So backing up like four different topics ago, <laughs> I think, wait, were, was this, was iPad stylus the original topic or was that also a tangent of something else? I mean, who, who really knows at this point? Oh, goodness. All right. Um, and then the last bit. Uh, do you want to talk about the iOS 9 will like make room for software updates thing? Yeah, that seems kind of neat. I, I, I like that. I think it's a great workaround for uh, not giving people the amount of space they need on their devices. Because there's two different interpretations of this problem. 
Well, yeah. So I, you know, let's go the let's go the high, the high the high road first, the the positive view, um, which is you know I. So you hear a lot about how, you know, people aren't able to upgrade to the latest version of iOS because they don't have enough space on their phone. Like that that's been a very like common problem that you hear about, and it's it's one of those issues that you know for me I, I find kind of particularly interesting because it's not just something I like hear about on the internet, but. Like I I've, I have no less than like four or five like close friends who this applies to where either going from iOS six to seven or seven to eight, they weren't able to because they didn't have enough space on their phone. And I, th- I think that's a huge bummer because I, I really do think that being on the latest version of iOS is really important for security, for usability, for lots of reasons. And um Anything that Apple can do to make that less of an issue, which we should give some context here. The story is that when you upgrade to iOS 9, there's going to be this option where if you don't have enough space on your phone, iOS can delete apps to the point where you do have enough space on your phone and then automatically reinstall them once you know iOS 9 has been installed. Uh, but so why, why don't you give the, I guess... More, you mean the low uh, road? I, I think yeah. I think you phrased that very weirdly or strangely. I did. I I, I do that fairly, you know, frequently. Positive spin and negative spin. Yeah. So I think it's a really cool feature, and I think it even applies. Like, I mean, I've got a sixty-four gig iPhone. I've got about ten gigabytes free. I understand that if you're on vacation or something, that like you can amass like tons of videos and stuff. Where even a sixty-four gig can get full. Um. So I think it's actually a really cool feature, and it's a, it's a neat way to tackle a complicated problem. And it's it's going to work much in the same way that iCloud does, where it uh, just downloads the app binaries, but it preserves all your data. So by doing this, you're not really losing anything. But I think it's a weird concession slash workaround that's mainly due to the fact that Apple still sells the 5C, which only comes with 8 gigabytes of space, which when you include formatted capacity and the operating system, I think like only 4 point something is usable. And also the 5S that's still around for 16 gigs. And the, the iPhone 6 comes in 16, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Like, it, it's it's selling those units with, with 16 gigs of space or even 8. I, I just think that's still kind of crazy. And I think for a company like Apple that wants people to be using all of its features and renting movies and doing all the stuff that requires local space... I I think this, it's got to move to being 32 or 64 is the bare minimum eventually. Because I don't think that's just the nerd in me talking. I think that's just what has to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I, the, the fact that Apple is still selling 64 gigabyte iPhones just... Uh, you mean, six, I, you I, mean I, 16? I just, I'm sorry, 16, yeah. Um, but for me, it's the 8 that kills me. 8 gigs in a well, 5C. Yeah. And it in a 5C at full price still costs $450. <laughs> like well but I mean but that but that I mean actually that that goes to prove the point which is the storage is not the significant cost in these phones. And I I get when you're selling a bajillion phones every year that every kind of dollar for that matter every cent counts, but you know, with all this money they're going to pay with royalties on music. <laughs> it's got to come from people being forced up to 64 gig phones yeah, that's fair i mean because and that is the thing i mean apple does like kind of giving a good better bit like you know like the whole like marketing thing like you want to give somebody 
like an option that's kind of, eh, it's too low, one that's too high, and one that seems just right because it's, it's suggestive selling or suggestive marketing. I mean, and that's what they're doing because there's many people who, if the, a 32 gig model existed, would probably have bought that instead of a 64. And the people who thought, oh, the leap is too great and got a 16 are probably unhappy right now. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Do you have any happy news to close out on or any fun topics? Uh, happy news. We don't we don't usually do that on this show. I think we do. You, or, or you can uh, edit this uh, craftily and, and move all the sports stuff to the tail end. But that's probably hard. There, has, there really hasn't been much sports stuff this week. I think we talked about some buster hugs. <laughs> I guess. All right. You got to think of something positive. Um, I mean, something positive. I mean, everything in the Slack here is negative. So Not really. It's kind of hard to hard to say here. Like the Apple Watch 2 rumors, that's negative. Um, or do you want to talk about a future sponsor? Uh, sure. So do you have any interest? So what's your opinion of Fracture? Oh, I see. I saw your I saw your note about this. So this is one of those companies that's that sponsors literally every single podcast that we listen to. Um, I I'm I'm gonna do this right now. We're we're doing this live on the show. I have never gone to their website and actually seen what these look like. So I'm 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 literally looking this up for the first time right now. I think they look cool. They're pricey enough where it's a tough impulse buy. Because I think it's like fifteen or twenty dollars for like something that's like a, a traditional like four by six or five by seven. But I'm I'm thinking about it. So a four by six, or I guess in their case, it's like four point eight by six point four. Is that really what a standard four by six is? Well, know, no, it's it's exact, but this is, this is class, man. No, yeah, not important. So that, that's eighteen bucks. Um, so if you want to get a handful of these, like it, you can get up to a hundred dollars by just getting five. Like that's. Yeah, so they're not the, cheap, but they look great. So the the nine by seven is like forty bucks, and then the classic, which is what they say <laughs> is their is their most popular. I like how everything is also um, in relation to the size of a Campbell's soup can. I think that's smart. Kind of interesting, yeah. So like a a ten by fourteen, which that's kind of a weird, or eleven by fourteen, I guess if you round up. That's sixty five bucks. I mean, how can you tell what these look like though online? It's kind of hard to say, right? Um, a lot of people have printed, uh, have posted photos. I think Marco has shown um, a stupid Google Voice. Um, <laughs> sorry, it, 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 the Google Now thing uh, accidentally picked up. Uh, he's posted a couple of pictures of his um, fracture prints of the application icons that he's printed out, and they do look very, very nice. Hmm. So I keep thinking about it. I'm certainly I'm certainly not going to buy one of those damn Casper mattresses. So, <laughs> what would you, yeah, that's kind of weird. What um, what what would you? I mean, not to get like too personal, but like, what what would you get a, a print of? Eh, I take a lot of photos. I've been wanting to put more of those on like into tangible objects. So I've printed out a few of them, and we have some frames around the apartment that have some of those in them. And I think fractures would be kind of cool. Can we actually can we come back to the um, the topic of taking photos and cameras maybe maybe next week? Because I'm I'm kind of getting the the itch again. So yeah, throw uh, schedule it because because I'm I'm terrible at uh, keeping track of big topics. Yeah, I say I you know I, I I think we talked about this on the show. I, I sold my DSLR. Um, I don't know, 
seven, eight months ago. And But I'm getting ready to go on a couple of trips later this summer, and I'm kind of thinking that I might... I might want to get a nicer camera again, but like one that I'm actually going to use this time. Isn't that like, isn't that always the case? Yeah. But you know, but with cameras, it's, it's very, it's very easy to kind of describe what that is, which is not a camera, which is, you know, the size of like a F one fifty. You mean, you mean a Madison Bumgarner truck? Actually, (laughs) I guess that will be the happy news that we end on. So anyway, yeah, don't forget about the camera stuff. Um, I remember last year when he got presented the uh, Chevy Silverado or something from that one weird guy at the end of the World Series? Oh, I still... So I I was watching that game. So I was out of town, and I was watching that game in a bar, and it, it, they didn't really have the sound on, and it was, it was very loud and everything. So I actually didn't hear the audio of that interview, but I, but I, but I heard about it the next day, and I haven't, I, I haven't brought myself to actually like YouTube it and watch it. Because I, I don't I don't like uncomfortable situations like that. Well, it's still good. He pl- he played it off well. But anyway, I like that uh, Ford now has a sponsorship deal with him because he he is a Ford man apparently, um, and he seems like the guy who probably actually has a truck. So no, he is like the official. I'm not sure if it's just California or Bay Area sponsor, but of the F150, which I, I just find funny because he he got he got a free truck that he'll never use because he actually likes the other one. And it, it's not a problem that Audi is the the, the official you know sponsor of. The, the Giants as a team? I don't think so. I think everybody just ignores all the Audi ads because... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fix the interior of your cars. They're 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 very nice from the outside and, and they're nice, quick cars, but they're ugly as hell on the inside for most of them. I, I just don't... I don't understand the, the style of having your... You know, the screen that you interact with, having that just be like a rectangle that pops out of the dash. I don't understand why that is considered a good look. Yeah, I don't like that it pops out. Like BMW is doing a similar thing, but at least theirs don't pop. But it does look like kind of like somebody just jammed like an iPad mini in the center console. Right. Which I don't love. But yeah, but Audi goes a little nuts with that. You know, I've actually, so to to bring it full circle here, I've actually thought kind of like going back to that whole Sync 3 thing. What actually would be kind of the ultimate thing is to somehow smartly mount like an iPad mini in your car. I'm sure you can, but the problem is that you would either have to unmount it every single time or your car would get constantly, perpetually broken into. Oh, I, I, I see. I was going to say, well, you just buy a second iPad so you don't have to. You well, know, well, of have, course. Which, you know, that sounds ridiculous at first, but it would be, it'd be, a, way, it'd be a way cheaper option than some of the like high end, you know in-car nav stuff well of course but the thing is i mean again your car would be broken into every other week yeah um, no, that's a bit, right right we're yeah. not ending on a happy note <laughs> anyway so uh, anyway yeah so uh well we we we, we, we tried uh, good enough yeah no, let's call it quits All for right. this week <laughs> oh that was pretty good